Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at AntiochRaleigh.com. Good morning. We're going to go ahead and get started. Good morning, everyone. Go ahead and take a seat. Most of you guys are. I want to welcome everyone to Antioch Raleigh this morning. My name is Ben Wickle. I'm one of the pastors here. And yeah. And I am joined by my beloved bride, Julie. She's going to be preaching. All right. So she could very well take my job after this, and she'll be just fine. We'll be better for it. Uh, we, we, we get the awesome opportunity to minister to a lot of our young adults together, and uh, we are excited because this, uh, this Sunday we're going to be concluding the last and final sermon that's been focusing all summer, a series all summer on healthy family. This is the last one here. Yes, yeah, so today um, we're going to be sharing about parenting young children. Parenting young children, which is really fitting because we got, a, we got all the kids with us today. It's awesome. I, I, and parents, I have come bearing gifts. I love to give out some books. So I'm going to read the titles. I'll put them down. And parents, if you want to grow in your ability to be a better parent, I have Shepherding a Child's Heart. George Barna's Revolutionary Parenting, Loving Your Kids on Purpose, and How to Really Love Your Kids. So if you would like a free resource, yep, right here. Come grab them. Just one, just one. There's three more right there. He stole the one you wanted. There's two more. All right. One more. Oh, she's got it. She's got it. All right. So yesterday, uh, Ben and I celebrated. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're not listening. They're not listening. Okay. Um, yesterday, Ben and I celebrated our 11-year anniversary. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we had a an incredible romantic evening writing a sermon about parenting. Yes. That's what we did. Yes. Yeah. So we have some pictures. Um, the first one, maybe. There we go. That was 14 years ago. Yeah, so that was uh, from 2007, uh, the year Ben and I met. We met working at the YMCA, and we were co-counselors for a middle school program there, and so often we would go to this Mexican restaurant after work. Fiesta um, Mexicana. So that's Prion. us really in our red YMCA t-shirts. And the next one, yeah, so uh, these are three of our kids. Um, we thought about, you know, submitting a more perfect-looking picture, but this is more real. So, um, so we have Karis on the left, uh, Brennan in the middle, and then Hannah on the right. And then one more. And then this is our fourth child. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a baby girl that is due in January. Yeah, yeah. And uh, upon the discovery that we found out that we were 
going to be parents of, of four kids. We were immediately catapulted into a, a season of prayer, fasting, and cussing. So, <laughs> just kidding. If you're a parent, you get that. So, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was, we were preparing for the sermon. I was flying back from Texas. I had that rare time. You have some, the rare moment, you have some uninterrupted time. And kids weren't around. And I was able to open up to Matthew. I was reading through the genealogies, trying to avoid the temptation to skip through the genealogies. And uh, my attention was caught to this, this phrase or this word that was repeated multiple times in Matthew chapter 1. And it was this word of, that so-and-so was the father of so-and-so. And he was the father of so-and-so. And he was the father of so-and-so. And he was the father of so-and-so. And as I was reading that, I, could, I began to hear that, that still, soft voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart. And I felt like God was telling me that, he was saying to me, Ben, I use fathers, I use mothers, I use spiritual fathers, I use spiritual parents, I use family to release my redemptive purposes in the earth. Yeah, so God, um, he works his purposes through family, and we also just want to briefly look at, um, at God's perspective on our kids, on the children that he has entrusted us with. Um, what does he have to say about them? How does he view them? Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5 say, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Our, our kids are a heritage from God. They're a gift from him. Um, and he views them as very precious. as his creation. He made them. And when we parent through, through that perspective, through a heavenly perspective of how God sees our kids versus an earthly one, um, the way we parent is transformed, which in turn transforms our kids. You know, when we get a gift, um, we're careful with a gift. We take care of a gift. We value gifts. We're thankful for them. We get excited about gifts. And um, how powerful is it for our kids to know that we're excited to be their parents? Yeah. The bottom line of why we're talking about parenting is as important as it is that we as a church are, are crying out and we're contending for a great awakening to our society, to our church, how hypocritical it would be if we don't experience that in our, in our own families in our own homes, in our own marriages, in, in, within our own children. And so as we were preparing for this particular sermon, it became quickly really evident to us of how, we, just be honest, we feel really unqualified to be talking about uh, parenting. We're, we're definitely not communicating from a place of being experts. Uh, parenting like no other relationship reveals it reveals your, the idolatry of your heart. It reveals your, your brokenness. It reveals your, your, your immaturity. And so this morning, we want to focus from a place of our own brokenness. We want to share just the need of renewal. In fact, if, I had a, a, if there was a title for this sermon, it would be called Renewed Parenting. And that's our, that's our heart this morning. That's our hope that as, as parents, even as spiritual parents, that it you folks here, you would feel, leave feeling renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. How does that sound? Does that sound good? Does anyone just want a refreshing renewal of the Holy Spirit this morning? 
Amen. Amen. All right. So there are a couple areas. Number one, if you're taking notes, that we need renewal is we need to be renewed with his mercy and his kindness. So a couple years ago, uh, I was a, a home alone with the kids, which Charlie should tell you that's not a good place to be. So Julie wasn't there. I don't know where she was. And I was getting ready to take the kids to the pool. Hot summer day. And I mean, it's, it's hard enough with two, two, two parents, right, to get your kids lotioned up and, and, and bathing suits. And they're struggling. They're, they're fussing. It's hot. The seat buckles are sweaty. And it's just not working. And I, I, I lose it. All right? I lose it. I, I just raise my voice. I just I lay it into them. And I, I see their faces. And like I just notice immediately that they're, they're just crushed in spirit. And I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I feel the Father's disapproval. And, and so I, I'm like, God, I repent. I'm so sorry. I turn to them. It's like, Daddy is sorry. Like, Daddy shouldn't have yelled. And... But at that moment, it should have stopped there. It should have stopped there. But I bought the lie of, of, of shame. And shame, the lie of shame is that, is that God's mercy isn't sufficient. God's mercy isn't su- sufficient for my shortcomings or my failures. And so as a result, this is what I did. For, for the, the, the remainder 10 minutes of on our way to the pool, I apologized at least like 10 more times. We showed up to the pool house I don't know if your pool, your pool probably likely has that outrageously expensive vending machine that you never use, but of course, my kids were treated without just numerous amounts of Gatorade and, and, and all sorts of uh, just snacks. The point being, I, I was struggling with feeling shame. And finally, one of my kids comes up to me and says, Dad, it's all right. I forgive you. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I need that. I need that. But as parents, it's real easy for us to, to come under accusation, to come under shame for our, our shortcomings. Especially as parents, if you, you take one stroll down social media lane and you're seeing other parents or you witness the, the success and advancement of other kids and their spiritual growth and you're going, man, my kids aren't there, you, you just begin to feel inadequate. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine that there could be some parents here whose kids are older, and maybe their kids aren't walking with Jesus, and it could be real easy to go, what if I, if I had only done that? And then you find yourselves coming under this heavy, kind of unnecessary slave master of, of, of shame. Yeah, so um, like Ben said, we're, we're still definitely in this journey and, um, and mess up often. You know, I get frustrated with my kids, irritable, impatient, um, but, but it really makes the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace of God just so beautiful when I, when I come to him and just confess and repent of my sin, of the ways that I've been wrong. And like Ben mentioned, our kids have taught us so much about forgiveness it's incredible how quickly they just forgive and move on um, when we confess and repent to them. You know, sometimes at night, um, I'll go in and I'll pray over our kids after they're asleep. And part of my prayer usually goes something like this. Uh, God, I ask you to supernaturally fill in the gap between the way that I parented Brennan or Hannah or Karis today and the way that they needed to be parented today. Um, I ask you just to heal any emotional pain or wounding that I've caused knowingly or unknowingly. And, 
And God is so gracious. You know, one of my favorite uh, promises for this season comes from Isaiah 40, um, that God gently leads those with young, and he really does. He, he tenderly, he patiently parents us as we, as we parent our kids. Yeah. So if, if you're carrying shame, if you carry regret or disappointment, here's the truth. The truth is that God, he loves our kids even more than we love our kids. And that God's goodness is so great that it redeems even our greatest failures. As Paul put it in Romans 8, he says that he works all things for good. All things, even our parenting, worst parenting failures, he works for good. For those who love him and who are called according to our purpose. So we need to be renewed with God's mercy and kindness. And next we're going to talk about being renewed with God's perspective. So as parents, we get that parenting is one of the, the, the most challenging, most taxing, draining things on the planet. We get that as parents. And we, when you begin to step back and say, well, okay, why is it so challenging? Why, is it so, why did God design it so hard? Like, couldn't he have just, from the moment the baby just pops out, they immediately can sleep eight hours, they can just kind of walk up and potty train, like... And they're joyously obedient. Like you, you just, I, I, I was like, God, why couldn't it have been like that? And as I was thinking about it, talking with the Lord, processing with him, I think the answer is the same for why is, why is marriage challenging? Why, is, why are relationships challenging? Why are all trials challenging? And that's because ultimately God is, is wanting us to be on an onward inward transformation of our own hearts to ultimately become like him. The reason I believe parenting is exhausting is because God's wanting to cultivate in us this, 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 this reality that God is the true source of our rest. Perhaps the impatience, the irritability, the, 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 the lack of joy, peace, patience, and kindness or anger that exists and is often manifesting. The reason why we experience that is because parent or God designs parenting in a way, this is what he does. He, he sends us the most self-absorbed little beings <laughs> called babies, and he says, for the next 18 years at least, they will teach you to be more like me. I've been doing this study of the, the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And the, the fruit of the Spirit is... It's the manifestation of God's character available to us as his children by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you have that list, and then you just look at your own kind of inventory of parents, and you're going, yeah, I need all of these. And that's what parenting is. Like, that's the purpose, one of the purposes of parenting. That's one of the purposes of any, any relationship is that he's ultimately trying to get us to look more like him. So he puts us in these lifelong situations to grow us up into Christ. Yeah, so uh, another way um, that we, we kind of get God's perspective on, on parenting, especially in these young years, um, is just the realization of how quickly they go by, of how brief they really are. Um, I already feel it. Our oldest is seven, and, and it feels like yesterday he was born um, and we really want to be thankful for these days and intentional with these days. Psalm 90:12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
And Ben and I try to intermittently, you know, set aside time just to evaluate, like, how we are being intentional with these young years. Um, how are we discipling our kids? What choices are we making? And then making adjustments where we need, where we need to adjust. Yeah. So we, we need to be renewed with his perspective of parenting. That's point number two. And lastly, point number three, uh, we need to be renewed with faith. We need to be renewed with faith. Yeah, so originally we had titled this section, um, like, Replacing Fear with Faith. And uh, as a mom, I, I love my kids. You know, I love them with a love that's really indescribable. Um, and as a result, there's this tendency in me to want to control outcomes. You know, I, I desire that my kids are undone by the love of God for them and that they love him and that they walk with him and that they have relationship with him in return. I desire that they are so deeply rooted in their identity in Christ that when life cuts them, they bleed his word. They bleed what he has to say about them. I desire that they're emotionally healthy, physically healthy. I could go on and on and on. And all these are really, they're really great outcomes. They're outcomes that I do have influence over. I have influence over them by praying by praying a lot, um, by sewing into them, by my words, my actions, by my choices, uh, by working with my kids towards these things. But, but fear creeps in when I suddenly feel out of control in regards to the outcome. Um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. Um, it's a story many of us have heard a lot, um, but just in summary, these three men, they were living in Babylon under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. So this king builds a gold statue, and he orders that everyone bow down and worship the statue. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to do so. Uh, their loyalty was to the Lord. So because of this, King Nebuchadnezzar threatened to throw them into a fiery furnace. And I think it's so easy when we hear these stories over and over just to, like, breeze past details like that. But, uh, but that had to be terrifying for them. Um, but, but the part of this story that I really want to focus on is, is how they respond to him. Uh, so in verses 16 through 18 of Daniel 3, they say, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. And I, I love that response because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had faith for an outcome. Like, they had great faith for an outcome, that God was going to deliver them. But at the end of the day, their faith wasn't in the deliverance. Their faith was in our faithful, never-changing, never-failing God. One way that we combat fear and parenting is by not placing our faith in outcomes. And I think cognitively we know that. But I think when the outcome is something good, we can subtly shift into putting our faith there. Um, again, we do have influence over them, but, but our faith has to ultimately be in, in God. And because of that, we can parent out of a place of peace, out of a place of hope and confidence, because we know and we trust our Heavenly Father. Yeah, so uh, about, a, about a year ago, a, a good brother 
gave me a, a prophetic word uh, from, he, he, he got a word from the Lord from Exodus, early, early chapter of Exodus, and it was the story of when the Israelites were first into Egypt, and there was just a, a season of multiplication and, and prosperity, and he shared that with me, and if, this was a year ago, so obviously before we knew we were having a fourth child, and in a lot of ways, that, that, that word that he spoke over me was being fulfilled in just relationships. It was being filled in a lot of great areas. And then fast forward about, I guess, probably about eight months or so, uh, Julie and I, we were 10 days removed from a vasectomy. I was, not her. And we find out that I'm, or she's pregnant. And uh, we're like, okay, Lord, you got our attention here. And that same weekend, uh, she, she starts experiencing like full-blown miscarriage symptoms. Goes to the doctor that week, and the doctor says, you've had a miscarriage, you're no longer testing positive for pregnancy. And that week, we, we had already scheduled to do like just a mountain trip, and we're in the mountains, and it's, a, it's kind of a weird trip, because we're in a place of, you know, we wanted to be together, but we're kind of in a place of grieving. And really, like, Lord, what are, you, what are you doing this? Should we, should we consider now having a fourth child? It, it, are you trying to speak to us here? And during that, that time there, we, we both happened to have a very, unbeknownst to us, a very similar devotional, like, from the scriptures, like, okay, God, you're speaking to us. And there was this story from the early chapters of Genesis when... Uh, when the, the, I believe the, the passage is that, that the people began to call upon the name of the Lord. It was like the first revival listed in the Bible. And it, it was the same passage of scripture that was similar to what Julie was reading. And we just had this, this Holy Spirit sensing his presence moment that, okay, Lord, I wonder if you want us to have another child. We may think we're done, but you have something in store for an, a fourth child. And it has something to do with bringing about prophetically an awakening to this generation. And we come back home, and like a week later, or it was like a week, 10 days later, she, Julie's like, I'm pregnant. And we're like, whoa, how, okay. And she, we end up going back to the doctor's office, and they, you know, they do all the measurements and such, and she's actually measuring from the first time that we found out she was pregnant. So I, I don't, we don't know, till this, to this day, we don't know what happened in between, but she's, there's, all right, so we've, we've been, she's been carrying this, this child since then. And, and uh, a couple weeks ago, we, we, we go do the, the gender ultrasound. And those, the, those are meant to be like joyous, right? Like the, you find out the gender. And it, it's meant to be like this exciting, really happy moment. And so we're, we're there and they do all the pictures, and, and at the end, the lady goes, well, you know, the, the, doctor, the doctor needs to see you. Can you come step in this room over here? And we're like, okay. And, and we're, we're in there probably for like five minutes, but it feels like an eternity, right? And I, in my mind, I'm like, all right, practice piece, practice piece, practice piece. Doctor comes in, and, and, and she's like, everything looks good. However, you know, like th those are the last words, right, you want to hear. And she's like, well, you know, there's, there's just a lack of development and some bone structure. And, you know, considering, you know, Julie's her age, we, there, there, it could be like a, an indication of, of Down syndrome. 
And, you know, she, she, she hands us this piece of paper, and she's like, okay, you know, Julie's age is here, and here's the, you know, increased percentages. And, and, and as she's sharing this, this story, like my mind is, it, I have this internal dialogue mental session where it's just, just going places. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to listen to the doctor, but it's just going places. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like I'm having unholy thoughts. Like, of, like, for instance, I'm thinking about, I mean, honestly, just to be honest, I, I'm thinking about, wow, if this is a reality, that might mean that Julie and I have to be parents the rest of our lives. Like, you know what I mean? Like parenting a child like that and feeling overwhelmed. And, and then there was this, this feeling of, it was sort of anger. I'm like, like anger at the fall, anger at the devil, anger at like how a child, if that's the case, a child would come into this world not being able to know the fullness. And it, it's, so all these emotions are, are, are kind of filtering through us. And in that moment, there, it, what's really happening is that there's, there's this tension. There's this tension of a disconnect. And the disconnect is we have these promises. We have the words of the Lord. We have scripture. We have pe- words that people have spoken over us. And then you have this negative hypothetical reality. And the hardest part is being in the tension, being in the middle. And when you're in that place of the middle, the tension, you will either thrust yourselves on the faithfulness of God, the person of God, the presence of God, or you'll go into depression. Like, that's it. And that week, uh, even this past week, I was just... Okay, Lord, I, I, I found myself struggling with joy. So I, I'm like, Lord, why am I just not joyful? And it had to go back to what was happening. And I, I was just reminded of the scriptures and how, how this is an opportunity that, yes, I'm going to have faith for an outcome. The outcome is that this child's going to come. It's going to be completely healthy. But my faith is going to be anchored regardless and who he is. And so I, I just, I was outside, it was an evening, and I just said, Lord, I will rejoice in you. And I just be, I began to rejoice. Despite my feelings, despite my emotions, despite my, the uncertainty, I was like, Lord, I, I will rejoice. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. What an opportunity this is to worship you, Lord. When I get to heaven, I won't be able to make sacrifices like this. So, Lord, if, if, Lord, still I will say, blessed be your name. And I feel like the Lord was saying, that, that's biblical lamentation. And sometimes, I, I don't get it, but that's what he calls us to. And so th- this morning, uh, there's an invitation for for. for Yes, parents, spiritual parents, but really for anyone who's, who's carrying unnecessary shame, unnecessary accusation or fear, because the Lord wants to usher in renewal. He wants to usher in his faithfulness. I even had a, a picture as we were worshiping this morning, how Jesus was just, he was just walking around the pews, and, and as, as he, as he saw, saw us, some of us just had like just wounds, arrows, arrows of fear, arrows of accusation. And he's just coming, he's removing them, he's removing heaviness, he's removing burdens, and he's just healing us this morning. 
what I'd like to do is, I, I first, I, I want to pray for our parents. So if you're, if you're a mom or a dad at any stage in your journey, would you mind standing up where you're at and just holding out your hands? And for those of us who are taking a seat, I, I'd like for us just to pray for them, to bless them. And we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit. And we're just going to invite His renewing Spirit to come and just to wash over all of our parents and all the kids. If, if you're a kid here, just lay your hands on mom and daddy. Just begin to bless them. Jesus, we thank you for all the moms and all the dads and the journeys, the families, the legacies that they represent. God, we ask for a, a presence of your renewal this morning. God, I just declare that, that shame that accusation, that inadequacy, that exhaustion, that burnout, that fear, that false comforts, false burdens would just fall off at the name of Jesus. Your name even means God our deliverer. When we say your name, Jesus, we are declaring salvation, deliverance over him. Come Holy Spirit, come like a refreshing wind and just wash over us, Jesus. Just begin to pray. Oh, if you're sit, taking a seat, just pray over them. Bless them. Our parents are they're carrying a wonderful, wonderful mantle. We thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Jesus. Come do a work on our hearts. I'm going to invite everyone to go ahead. Everyone else can come and take a stand. And we're going to conclude our, our service with another time of worship. And if, if you're here and you, you, want, you, you want some further ministry, further renewal, and you want to agree with a brother or a sister, during this last ministry time, we're going to invite you to come to the front. We're going to have life group leaders we're going to have some elders. We're going to have some our prayer ministry team at the front. And they will pray with you. But we are believing this morning that Jesus wants to renew us as parents, as spiritual parents. Jesus, we thank you that you make a way, Lord. And we invite your Holy Spirit, your continual, refreshing, renewing presence this morning, God. Come wash over us. We thank you, Jesus.